earlier on the show today, I spoke to Brad West, the mayor of Port Coquitlam. He is the new chair of the TransLink Mayor's Council. And I'll tell you, he, he said some interesting stuff about how transit is paid for in this region. You take a look down the list of all these big transit projects they've got on the books in Metro Vancouver. There are a lot of them, and it's going to cost big bucks. You got these SkyTrain expansions. They want to double the bus service over the next 10 years. Think about that. Think about all the buses on the road all over Metro Vancouver and double it in just 10 years. This is going to cost a ton of money. Who is supposed to pay for this stuff? Okay, you take a look at where they get their money right now. A lot of it is local taxes. So it's property taxes. The gas tax is a huge one. Anytime you fill up your gas tank in Metro Vancouver, you're spending, you're sending a big chunk of money over to TransLink. Why do you think we have the highest gas prices in North America? That's why. Because a lot of that money is going to TransLink. He wants to change that. I find that very interesting that he's saying that the gas tax is not sustainable. Local property taxes are also a problem, and we should change it. Now, who is going to pay for this stuff? We need transit. We need these projects. Somebody's got to pay for it. Now, have a listen to Brad West here talking about who he thinks should pay. Have a listen. I mean, this is the message I hear from people all the time. Stop talking and start doing things. We need to get building. We need to get shovels in the ground. We need to get these projects underway. And uh, the way to do that is to have other levels of government come to the table and talk to us about how we get these funded and how we get going. Okay. Other levels of government. Oh, okay. So he wants the feds and the province to step up here. This is a new message coming out of TransLink here now, isn't it? We want these other levels of government to start kicking in right now. These other levels of government right now, they're only kicking in around uh, 20%, 19%, 20% of the budget over there is coming from the feds and the province. So this new TransLink mayor's board, they would like to see that go up in the in the years ahead. You get set for a fight over that one now, because I don't think that the provincial government, the federal government is going to be too quick or too happy to start forking over money to TransLink. Make sure you phone me on the buzz line in that one today and let me know what you think about it. 604-331-BUZZ is the number. 604-331-2899. On another topic, and by the way, we're waiting for Keith Baldry here. But I have no doubt he's going to walk in here any second. This is a little late today. Bonnie Henry, yesterday and earlier this week, the severe flu infections that we're seeing in kids right now. This is very disturbing. When you see six kids have passed away from flu-related symptoms here, according to the BC Center for Disease Control, this sometimes will happen. Like a, a severe flu case can turn very, very dangerous in rare circumstances. But that number six is a troubling number right now, especially as it's kicking in this early in the fall. We usually don't see those flu numbers really start to spike until later in the winter. I knew you would be here. 
I just, I just told the listeners, I had no doubt that uh, Keith Ball. Thank you for being here. Unexpected Keith. traffic delays. Close to the legislature. What can I say? No problem. We're talking about Bonnie Henry. Let's have a listen to what she has to say here about this spike in children's flu cases. Having secondary bacterial infections that cause pneumonia, sometimes meningitis. So very severe infections that have uh, sometimes very tragic outcomes. So yeah, that is something that we're, you know, it, it's always heartbreaking to hear about severe illness in young children. How do you think the government and Bonnie Henry and, and the health minister is, is managing this? They don't seem they seem to be a little they, well, they don't want to worry people. What do you think? Yeah, I, I had a long talk with Dr. Bonnie Henry yesterday um, about this. Like, what is the messaging? What what yeah. what what should be said here? You don't want to you want to panic people, but you want to inform them. And um, again, I think that my my take is it's better to shine a light on things rather than keep things in the dark. Yeah. So she was in our morning news this morning. Um, and to talk about, you, you don't want to, again, six people, six young kids have died, right? which is triple the normal, if not even more than triple the normal number in, in a regular flu season. But they are worried. This particular flu is, is much more worrisome than other strains of flu. And we didn't have any flu the last couple of years, um, to, uh, so to speak, because people weren't mingling, they weren't socializing because of the pandemic, people were masking and all this sort of thing. But now they are, and it's a much more serious strain of flu, and it's the cases are rising significantly. And it's not just flu; it's it's other uh, illnesses that are born from the flu, secondary bacterial uh, uh, infections. Yeah, it can uh, cause like meningitis, meningitis, stuff, yeah. strep throat, really pneumonia, yeah. uh, which on a young child can really be dangerous. Right. And this is the concern. So, again, people listening, if you haven't got your kids vaccinated against the flu, there are yeah. clinics opening up today and, and on Saturday right across the province to get your, your child uh, immunized. So, And also, I haven't checked the latest CDC web uh, statistics, but the number of the percentage of, of cases of kids going to hospital or ERs or their family doctor with respiratory ailment uh, symptoms is double what it was a couple months ago. It's now, well, last week it was 25% of all cases. Haven't seen the latest stats. It's probably more than that. So I think one in four kids going to see a doctor right now has the flu or or flu-associated illnesses, and they are perilously close to some very severe outcomes. Okay, get set to call me on that if you got any thoughts or concerns on it. Uh, Just before we uh, jump into a break here, Keith, let me ask you about uh, some drama yesterday in the House of Commons in Ottawa. Now, you're going to hear Conservative MP Raquel Dancho here. She's from uh, Manitoba, Mm -hmm. and uh, the the Conservatives right now are spitting mad about this guy, banned firearm list that has been released by the government includes a lot of hunting rifles and shotguns. And I'll tell you, I think the government's going to have to back down a bit on this because the NDP are are also against it, the Bloc Québécois, Mm -hmm. and also the Assembly of First Nations also concerned about this Mm -hmm. this banned gun list. But here's what happened yesterday. She accused the Liberals, the government, of lying, lying in the legislature in the House of Commons. That is a no-no no, in there. Have a, listen to her, have a listen to her here being called out by the Speaker, Anthony Rota. The Honourable Member for Kildonan and St. Paul, does she want to withdraw the statement she made, please? Statement, Mr. Speaker. And apologize. Both. I'm sorry. 
Okay, so then he asked her to apologize. She refused to apologize. And then here's what happened next. I'm going to ask one more time for her to apologize, the Honourable Member, for Kildon and St. Paul. She's not going to apologize. Thank you. Ms. Danchel, I have to name you for disregarding the authority of the chair. Pursuant to authority granted to me by Standing Order 11, I order you withdraw from the House video conferences for the remainder of this day's sitting. Okay, we've, oh, both, that's, that's, we've both seen this stuff happen. Yeah, oh yeah, it doesn't happen very often, but it does happen every now and then. It is uh, it happens in Ottawa, it happens in Victoria, it happens in Edmonton, Winnipeg. Every or and it happens in the House of Commons in London. This is all part of the parliamentary practice, uh, but it's unusual for a speaker to demand an apology. Well, it's that's, one thing. That, that's one th- what surprised me. Yeah, that. it's one thing to ask someone to withdraw a comment. Yeah. Um, we just had the last legislative session. Kevin Falcon had to withdraw a comment. No big yeah. deal. He said, okay, fine, I withdraw. Uh, he wasn't asked to apologize, though. Uh, so the apology is unusual, and speakers don't normally request that. That's seen as sometimes as an overly partisan act in a nonpartisan chair. It just shows you how hot this issue, though, is getting for the for the Liberals. Ever since they brought out this this uh, banned gun list, which includes a lot of hunting rifles and shotguns. I mean, there's a big backlash brewing. Well, I think this. the key player here, and you rattled off the top who's opposed to this, is the Assembly of First Nations. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a deal breaker that's right there. That's the key, the yeah. key uh, uh, party here. Well, the, and it's also, though, you know, Canada-wide, kind of rural parts of Canada yeah. are, are quite angry about this, and the NDP are saying they're not going to... Sw- I don't think, you know, it's not going to pass. It, if they don't have the NDP in no. the block on, on... If they don't have the NDP in block, it's yeah. dead in the water. But yeah. uh, the Liberals love to have these wedge issues that, right. that that divide rural and urban voters because they think that really enhances their urban base, and they don't get much support in the rural areas anyways. So a lot of politics going yeah, on. Yeah, total politics. Ray in North Van. Hi. Yeah, hi there. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to speak to the gun law, or the gun ban coming up, uh, I just think it's a slippery slope, and any time a government has um, taken away all and any guns, I'm fully against assault weapons, um, but hunting rifles, they need to be able to um, eke out a, an existence, maybe hunting to feed their family, especially with uh, food prices now. Anyway, any time in other countries, if the government goes dictatorial or, or there becomes some kind of uprising um, with regard to, you know, just anarchy um people have to be able to uh but defend themselves to get to get their guns and go out in the street and fight like what are you talking about the u.s style no i mean i don't think this is about you know so people can have an arsenal in their own homes in case there's a a anarchy on the street this is about people who go out hunting okay (laughs) and this is why the the government's losing support like they've lost the ndp on this they've lost the bloc quebecois they've lost the assembly of first nations so they're going to have to climb down on it. They're going to well, have to unban yeah. some of these guns. It's dead in the water if the NDP and the bloc don't support it. It's not going to be a confidence matter, so the government's right. not going to fall over this. Right. But right. I think it'll just, uh, I think the Liberals will probably try to push it. Maybe they want to lose a vote in the House of Commons on something like this. Why would that? Why would they want to lose a vote? Well, I mean, maybe they want this issue again purely urban voters. Uh, on their side rather than rural. Oh, okay. So they want to be seen as, well, this is not our fault. Yeah, you know, exactly. We're being forced to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because... Oh, they withdraw. We'll yeah. see. I mean, it, it's uh, we have yet to see an issue where the Bloc and the NDP have pointedly said, we're not supporting you. Right. Well, well Jugmeet Singh 
uh, was addressing, the, I, I believe it was the Assembly of First Nations yesterday, and said, look, we are not going to support this bill because we support your treaty rights. And, assembly- and because First Nations are saying, look, you, this goes against our rights to, exactly. to hunt on our traditional lands. And they have constitutional protection when it yeah. comes to hunting rights in right. their territory. So, again, I'm not sure how far the Liberals are going to push this. Yeah. Greg and Burnaby. Hi, Greg. Go ahead. How you doing, Mike? Um, I got a little problem with a member of parliament. She's from Surrey Central. I just called her about two minutes ago, asked her when the Liberals are backing down on the gun laws, shotguns, and uh, hunting rifles, and I basically got I got hung up on. She hung up the phone on me. Oh, okay. her, her office, her constituency assistant. You mean her, her office hung up on you? You didn't speak to the actual MP, did you? No, I talked to whoever answered the phone, the, and she the hung staff, up on yeah. me. Okay, well, they should, shouldn't do that, but, you know, sometimes these offices will get slammed with, like, angry, pe- abusive people, but I'm not saying you are, but, you know, that they can, should. That can happen. Yeah. Um, constituency assistants, I mean, I know a lot of them, and, uh, boy, their their jobs can be very trying sometimes yeah. with, with really angry phone calls. But I have no doubt that the government is getting a backlash on this thing. Oh, because, for sure, yep. You know, because, you know, if you're going to ban an AR-15 I, I don't think you, you'd get too much of a fight from a lot of Canadians. But now when you start, like, they brought out this list, and you look down this list, and there, it's clearly a lot of hunting rifles hunting and shotguns rifles there. So just, No, and again, it's not going to work. Nations is the key party here. Yeah. Frank and Surrey. Hi, Frank. Go ahead. Hi, good morning. Thanks, guys. You know, it's such a, it's such a sad state of affairs. You know, our politicians aren't ruling for the beneficial uh, uh, benefits of Canadians. They're, they're ruling for power. They sign, you know, like what they signed with the NDP. And it's just a power grab. You know, I understand, like you said, they are 15, certain firearms. Okay, we can say uh, that we don't need them in society. But but they just conquer and divide just simply for power. And they mm-hmm. do lie. They've been after our firearms for, for since their inception, right? I mean, Trudeau has always done that. And it's simply... To conquer and divide, create wedge issues well, between rural Canadians, and and it doesn't do anything for safety. They don't. Thank you for thank you for with the okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Thank yeah. you for the call. Just out of time. Go ahead. Well, yeah. Again, the Liberals have long been accused of div- governing by wedge issues, yeah. by dividing people rather than uniting them for the sake of uh, winning the crucial votes at election time. And gun control has been a great wedge issue for them. Great wedge issue, no. but maybe they've overstepped here. Yeah, I think they have because I mean even Trudeau himself is signaling we'll take another look at this. We, we mm-hmm. don't, we know they said we 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 said we're not going to ban hunting yeah. firearms. Okay, so now you've got a list with tons of hunting, hunting rifles. rifles and shotguns no, on. There. I think you're going to have to take a big step back. Yeah, they'll have to, and I suspect it may come to a head next week. Keith, thank you. Sorry, I was late. I'll be here Monday. That's okay, that's all right. I'll let you go, let it off. <laughs> let you go. This all right, thank you.